Warning. This episode of Soundbite features graphic descriptions of violence, especially violence against women. Soundbite theater is not intended for audiences under the age of 18. Soundbite Theater presents State Yourself for the Court Part 3 No, just as long as you keep your focus on scenarios 17 and 25. Otherwise, nothing changes. Those are both ones where you plead not guilty. Not self-defense, just straight up not guilty. I know. Yes. Well, are you certain you're alright with that? I will learn to be... Tadeusz? Yes? Suppose the court finds me not guilty. Can I be arrested again? No, no, you would be free. Could they arrest someone else? Yes, I suppose they could. I mean, they won't find evidence of anyone else, so they can arrest all they like. No reasonable jury will convict them. Good. Good? I do not want anyone else to pay for this. Mm, Understandable. Won't be an issue. Can you promise? No. All I can promise is we're getting you out. It will have to do. Why don't we take a moment? They're still cookies. I know, they smell amazing. Got any more coffee? Of course. Do you care for a drink? You don't drink. I didn't get rid of all of Andrew's things. Fair enough, but I'm alright all the same. Damn, out of tape. Nancy, where did you put my coat? I hung it up, by the door. Thank you. Ah, shit. Uh, Oh, no. Uh, All right. Uh, Nancy's. Nancy's. Mine. Huh, not mine. Hmm. Guess there's other things of Andrew's you didn't get rid of, huh? Fella had good taste. Nice wallet and a nice coat. I'm surprised the cops didn't go through this. Hi, Andrew. Good news, your wife isn't spending Christmas all alone. Bad news, she's spending it with her lawyer against your murder. Why'd you want to do it, Andrew? 
What makes a man kill his wife? What are you doing? You tell me. You're going through Andrew's coat. You left it hanging by the front door. It's at its most innocuous there. The police didn't even notice it there. I knew they wouldn't. Miss Johnson, care to explain this card? In Andrew's wallet? No. How about the photo with it? No. How about the note on the back of the photo? My love, my Andrew. A gift for you on our anniversary. I will see you soon. Doreen. Who is Doreen? His mistress. Where is she? New York. What was he doing seeing a girl in New York? He wasn't. He was seeing a girl in Chicago. She moved to New York in late October. After your arrest? After my arrest. Was she aware that you... Existed? Well? It doesn't matter. Nancy, this changes everything. This isn't in anything we've prepared for. It doesn't matter. What if opposing counsel finds out about this? This would be child's play to use as leverage against us. They won't. Nancy, you don't know that. Your visions change. They change as I let them. We changed them back, haven't we? I already put in the work to change this one. The moment Doreen made up her mind to go, all chance of her being tied to this went away. She doesn't affect this case. Is that still true now? Probably not. I didn't count on you being a snoop. It fell down. Can we not fight for once? I told you it doesn't matter. Trust me. When you say tied up in this... Today, you sh Let me put forth a scenario, Miss Johnson. You find out your husband is cheating. You're devastated, but you aren't going to do anything rash. But you give the mistress a way to know you know. Tadeusz. And her, she's quite willing to do something rash. She convinces him that if he wants any part of her, he'd better leave you. He doesn't want to let you go. You own his house, after all. So he makes up his mind. You need to die. Tadeusz Kryoshenko. Hold on. Your visions give you a heads up. Things play out as you say. I'm willing to believe that. But there's no blacking out afterwards. No, no, you call Doreen up. She makes her choice. Better to help the woman scorned. Wasn't she as well? You move fast. She drives you clean. She leaves. You lay down and you hope you did enough. But you didn't do enough to save you. But it saves her. You may have needed her help. But you don't want two people to go down for this, and keeping her out keeps- Shut up! Or what? I'm right, aren't I? I'm right! Mr. Kryashenko, put my husband's wallet back now. Why should I? Because you're doing this to hurt me. Not because you're a good lawyer. You're doing it because you're angry that I lied. Shouldn't I be? I'm not here to fight. For once. Mr. Kryashenko, I refuse to be petty. But understand- if you do not do as I ask at this moment, I will stoop to the same level you are now. <laughs> what level? The level of pointing out you are a cold, hard liar who brought your own fate upon yourself by deciding to backhandedly contact a mistress instead of dealing with your marital issues outright? Point out you've strung me along in all of this as well? Implicated me? So much for wanting to keep people out of it, Miss Johnson. Lorna would have been happy with you the rest of your days if you hadn't made that choice for her. Now she hardly thinks of you. She and her husband have children to care for, after all. You're a bastard. Please, I'm a woman. Call me a bitch. When I told you I'd be lousy at marriage, huh? That's when you saw her, didn't you? More than any lost case, you regret your situation with Lorna Blair. You let her father intimidate you. She still lived under his roof. She hated him as much as you hate your father. She would have run away with you. And found out everything her father knew. 
He had no right to know. I don't even know how he knew. The doctor he spoke to no longer has a medical license. I made sure of that. I see. Everyone was scared of Mr. Blair. You were scared enough to let Lorna go. And to let it terrify you out of love altogether. You would be lousy at marriage. You don't trust anyone to genuinely like you if they know everything about you. Mainly because you don't yourself. Now then, if we're quite done hurting each other, the cookies are on the table. Shall we eat and I'll explain myself? You always have to win, don't you? You can't stand feeling like someone's beat you, so you beat them harder than they could ever see coming. I have a gift. I might as well use it. You said your visions weren't a blessing. I don't mean them. I mean that when something is wrong, I instinctively hit back. Or better yet, make their hit hurt them in the first place. Like a chunk of ice. Better than falling apart over this nonsense. Don't you think you'd be happier if you did? Let it out instead of taking it out? I'll have time to be happy when I'm free. Now then, do you want your tape recorder? I've left the tape in my coat. Then you'll just have to remember. I had been aware of Doreen for nearly a full year before I killed my husband. I found out about her with the first vision I had after my last period of lost abilities. And quite frankly, I was in too much pain to care. What was the cause of the pain? I told you before, I'll keep that close to my heart. My husband had always been a doting man, and that didn't stop, so I decided to allow the affair to continue indefinitely. If he had enough love for both of us, then I had no issue. God, then why not just move her in? I thought of it, but if I had confronted Andrew, he would have been so embarrassed he wouldn't have listened. It wasn't about what I thought. It was about what he thought of himself. So I left well enough alone. I would have left it alone for as long as it lasted. Then how does one come to murder? Not one. Me. I killed Andrew. Did you? Yes. Most of my initial story and your hypothesis just now line up rather well. The difference is the impetus. Doreen was pregnant. With Andrew's child? Yes. Andrew always wanted children. When I found out, I came very close to confronting him. But after much thought, I decided it would all go better to speak with Doreen first. Much thought or much foresight? A mixture. It always is. I went to her home in Chicago. We spoke. She cried. I did not. She said she wasn't sure what to do. She wasn't of my persuasion that it was alright for us to coexist, but hated all other options more. The only option she liked was having never gotten involved in the first place. Hindsight. As it always is. I told her if I left Andrew, I'd be leaving him homeless, and he couldn't move down to Chicago. His work won't allow it. I told her I didn't want him to leave her. She didn't sign up to raise a baby alone. I suppose what I wanted was for the whole situation to never have happened either. It was about then how she asked how I even knew about her. She wanted to know where they had messed up. I proved it to her, much like I proved it to you told her things I couldn't know otherwise, things Andrew didn't even know. She was scared, but she believed. She asked me if my visions saw a way through, and I thought, I imagined, 
Andrew and I continuing as we always had. Then I imagined life without him. I saw Doreen alone. Alone, with a beautiful baby who she'll do her best with, but alone. No, Andrew. You mean to say that even if you left him, he wouldn't choose her? He'd wash his hands of us both and start over. The affair isn't what led to Andrew's death. Him deciding to kill me isn't what led to it either. It was the moment I realized Doreen and I and any other woman were interchangeable to him. And his right to maintain a pristine image of what he wanted life to be was more important than what woman he built it with. I told Doreen. She accused me of lying until I told her she was going to name the baby after her father, not after Andrew. So what then? You decided to kill him? No. I decided to leave him. I went home. I was home late. He asked where I had been. I told him I'd been to see Doreen. He was horrified. He asked if I was going to leave him. I asked him what he'd do if I did. He said he didn't know. Wrong answer. Indeed. I went to hang up my coat in silence and intended to go pack after that. That was when he decided to kill me. That was when the future started shifting rapidly. Everywhere I moved through the house to get away from him, it shifted around me in a thousand ways until the garage, and I was able to lock the door out behind me, forcing him to run to the front door, no shoes, no coat. And he died how I originally described, and the future mostly stabilized again. Did you black out? No. I called Doreen. You called a pregnant woman? She wasn't very pregnant yet, and the two of us took care of the body as best we could. Not good enough, obviously, but it bought enough time to get her away from this. And Doreen moved to New York. Her sisters moved out there a few years ago, and she'll need the support with the baby. Last she wrote, she was debating an offer from her older sister and brother-in-law to adopt the child. Will she take it? No. Should she? That's why she wrote. Is there anything else you'd like to know, Mr. Kryashenko? Yes. How much of that will you lie about under oath? As much as I need to. There is going to be a little boy born in the new year. He needs his mother. You know, you could have prevented all of this by caring if you were cheated on. Andrew could have prevented all of this by not lying to me. My mistake was defending him. It wasn't that there was another woman. It wasn't that I was all right with another woman. It was him doing something he thought he ought to hide from me. And me accepting that he could lie to me. He couldn't lie to you. No one can. I try to give others the same courtesy. This was just a... difficult circumstance. I know. I know. Will you still defend me? Look at me. Please. Thank you. Nancy, I need you to promise me something. What will let me know you're really promising as if God is watching? You'll have to trust me.
Promise me that you did this to protect a woman and her baby. Promise me it wasn't vengeful. Promise me that if you'd seen any way out of this where you and Andrew both lived, you would have taken it. I promise I would have. I do. <sighs> then I'll defend you. Thank you, Tadeusz. You're welcome, Nancy. Please, don't lie to me. Never again. Then you'll have to be ready for the kind of truths I know. <laughs> I'll make myself ready. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is awful. What, this whole mess? Yes, obviously, but what's awful is in the back of my mind through this whole conversation... <laughs> Those cookies do smell amazing. <laughs> See, I can be funny. I can joke. <laughs> Look at that. Real tears. Hey, Nancy. It will be alright. You know it will be. Better than I do. But, but it will never be the same again. It will never be, be well again. That doesn't matter now. It's done. It's all right. Do you even think I deserve to get out of this? You know that I do. I do. Hey, come on now. It's Christmas. Enough work, all right? Enough of all of this. Come on. Come on where? I didn't make that fire for nothing. Go sit by it, won't you? I'll heat the coffee back up. No. No, I'll make hot chocolate. And by God, we'll have a merry little Christmas before I head home. Merry Christmas. Today we should cry, Shanko. Merry Christmas, Nancy Johnson. I've denied you details and information before, but I do feel the need to tell you that I've never been more sure of my impending exoneration. Once I am, we shall both live freely. Last you wrote, you spoke of great guilt. I've told you to not feel that way, but perhaps this shall be more comfort. I may keep it to myself, but I have felt guilty over our situation. I miss being a wife, Doreen. I miss being Andrew's wife. Or rather, I miss being the wife to who I liked to imagine Andrew was. But still, I must move on. We both must. It is alright to ache and hurt, even when there was no other way. 
but for the love of all the world, keep moving. With warm regards, Nancy. It's open today, Oosh! Good afternoon, Nancy. Good news. About what? I hid her. What? I've taken care of any in-state records of Doreen. You were right that I'd be able to. I mean, I knew you would be, but thank you for indulging my desire to double-check. If I can't find her, no one else will, much less a connection to Andrew. God, grant small favors. <laughs> Hardly small. This is the one thing that could break the case for us. As it stands, what do you see? I see this. Names? These men need to not be on the jury. I can't do anything about that. You can. Is that a guarantee? Yes. <laughs> do take this the right way, but you've gotten a lot more demanding. You said you could handle my truth. And my truth is, I know what you're capable of, far beyond what you understand you are. Simply put, I believe in you. Being believed in is a lot harder work than I expected. <laughs> I'll make you a coffee if you'd like as a thank you. I always leave your house with the jitters. Tea, then. <laughs> thank you. So then, uh, did you see your siblings for New Year's? Yes, I did. Did you see your brother? Briefly. I do want to thank you. For what? For all your hard work, of course. I'm sure a normal case isn't so complex. Are you joking? This is the most straightforward case I've dealt with in years. It came with a safety net. I suppose so. The only complex thing about the case is you. Excuse me? I mean, uh, that you're interesting. Well, that's certainly a nicer way to say that. My apologies. You've done nothing wrong. Sugar? No, thank you. Do we know who the other lawyer is? Yes, actually I know him rather well. His name is James Cart. Will he do? He'll do. You're certain? For now. I think it will stay stable. Oh, thank God. I couldn't find dirt on James if I was the one on trial. No, you couldn't. Hence, he'll do. Are you sure? Yes, why? I don't want him to do just because I'm not good enough to take him out. I want him to do because it means we'll win. We will. If you make sure no one on that list is in the courtroom. I will. After my tea. Take your time, please. So then how's Betty? My assistant? Oh, fine. Finally owned up to seeing your nephew. They're a charming couple, actually. They came to the firm Christmas party. Yes, he mentioned. He seemed enamored with her. Good to hear, considering. How long do I have to find a new assistant before the wedding? Less time every time I check, and I don't mean the normal passage of days. They're very enamored with each other. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be happy. Good. Good. How are you feeling, Nancy? Oh, fine. My knitting circle is talking to me again. You knit? I prefer crochet, but I do knit. I kept up gardening after the war, too. One of the nice things about living in the house you grew up in is you get to keep all your parents' hard work. You can't see it with all the snow, but during the war my mother developed a wonderful garden, and I've kept it up since. It's hard to imagine children in a house like this. Why not? 
It just seems so oriented for adults. That's because it's been decades since children lived here. It was different then. I'm sure your house is much the same. Set up for adults or different than it was? Both. That is how houses are. They change. They do. I'm sorry, you lost it. I was never going to keep it. That house deserved to get torn down. Awful things happened there. It was still your first home. It's alright to feel sad. Coming from you, that sure means something. Today, I can count on one hand the people who have seen me cry. I won't be lying to any of them about whether melancholy is acceptable. <laughs> I admire your wit. I admire that you recognize it. How's the tea? It's good. How's Doreen? Still settling. She will be for the rest of her life, I suppose. What about you? I'm settled. I'll be more settled when this is over. Understandably so. Do you normally dread trials so? Oh, no, I normally love getting a case on its feet. You think I'm dreading it? I know. Any chance you could get out of my thoughts long enough for me to tell you this myself? I'll try. I am dreading it. I suppose I'm normally excited to win and move on. To help my client move on. And the paycheck doesn't hurt. But now? What are you going to do when this is done? I see. What? Uh, how is your tea? You already asked. I'm aware. You should drink it. You have work to go do. Work? Work. The work you were hired to do. That I'll be paying you to do. Pay. Of course. Please, Tadeusz. You need to stay focused. I am. More than that. Tadeusz, you are an interesting man. And I think I'll miss having you sit in my kitchen and drink coffee and chat. I will miss it. But for now, I need you to forget that. I don't... Have I offended? No, no! This is me, Tadeusz. I let you into my life. And I won't regret that. But there is... One more way to lose this case that I need you to remember. In the courtroom, no one should suspect we're close. We're close? Don't lie to yourself. It's not as if I've begun anything with you. Will Mr. Cart try to play it that way? I'm tired of saying it, but... No, you aren't. You like the security of saying you tell me. And he will. He absolutely will. Nancy, I don't know what you want from me here. I want you to take this list and take all the time you need to make sure none of these men will be in court. And then I will see you again at court. That's in three weeks. I know. Nearly a month. I know. And this all of a sudden occurred to you? 
Deush, don't make this harder than it needs to be. Nancy, I... Say what you need to. I don't want to not see you. I know. That's why you need to not see me. Will you? I will. When this is through. I'd like that. What if... You'll do fine. I hate to ask. Mr. Todd Crane. I hate that. I do too. Couldn't we? No. And you know that. I know. Miss Johnson, if it suits you, I'll take care of everything. You always have. I believe in you. This feels wrong. I know. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mr. Crane, is this a social call? No, but, well, yes. I mean, we have things to go over, and we really do need to go over them aloud with words, but first, I wanted to know how you were. I'm anxious. I'm lonely. I'm walking through the rooms of my house half asleep because I don't know what to do with myself. Really? No, but you are. That was rather rude of you. Are you surprised? No. Nancy, why are we doing this? We were having a perfectly pleasant day, and then you... And now it's been two weeks. There's another ten days to go. <sighs> Today, do you want to understand why? Of course. Because it is about more than losing the case. It is about more than anyone in the courtroom, or the news, or what have you, alleging anything untoward between us. Today you sh you'd lose your license. What? You would lose your license, Tadeusz. If you can't take the time to remember a bit of professionalism, if we both can't, you will lose everything over m this case. What are you doing tonight? Did you hear anything I just said? Oh, I heard everything you just said, Miss Johnson. But we still have a case to win. And that requires seeing you. And we might as well see each other over dinner. Please, trust me, Nancy. I will do my job, and you will be amazed at how well I do it, but give me tonight. Please. Nancy? Where are we eating? Uh, depends. Do you dare to be seen in public with me? Why don't you come over? Six? You'll need until seven. <laughs> I'll see you soon, Nancy. And after this, it goes back to leaving each other alone until the trial. This is already a risk of a compromise. I will make it worth it, I promise. Don't worry, I trust you. 
Drive safe. Should I be worried? No, it just seemed nice to say. <laughs> I will, then. Good afternoon, Nancy. See you tonight, Tadeusz. Nancy, why are we doing this? Well, alleging anything untoward between us. That requires seeing it. Are you surprised? Nancy! Nancy! <clears throat> Miss Johnson! Mr. Crane! It's good to see you. Follow me, please. It's good to see you, too. I know. Today, I'm nervous. I have no reason to be, but I'm nervous. We've got everything sorted. Don't think of me. What? Don't think of me. Just Miss Johnson. <sighs> I, I miss you. Miss me for a little longer. Just a little longer. Why? We'll be better for it. Come along. They're waiting for us. Your Honor, members of the jury, my client, the evidence against my client is circumstantial. It is my great honor to prove not only her lack of guilt, but her obvious innocence. Firstly, let us consider the motive. What I've done, I wish I could say. I needed to. I am a psychic. I see what I see and go accordingly. But whatever I did, the visions were the same. Andrew was going to kill me. Andrew always wanted children. Doreen was pregnant. Were interchangeable to him. I killed Andrew. As for her physical ability to commit the crime, I ran him right over. I've always thought I could figure it out beyond backing up and down the driveway. Apparently I'm dangerous because I wasn't destroying the people who did this to them. I'm not inclined to cry over him. I've never had a natural knack for hiding my emotions. I instinctively hit back. We all have our vices. Better than falling apart over this nonsense. And finally, her emotional capacity. What? Should I cry? It is hardly the time. I'm in full control of my faculties. I am not lying. But I would, I would expect, expect a little, a little more, more professionalism, professionalism, sir. If you think this is yelling, you have never heard a lady scream. You don't have to act like this doesn't bother you to suggest I lie. But what I do see is you finding a way around it. You're really going to still throw everything into this for me. Tadeusz, you amaze me. And that makes me very glad we found each other, Tadeusz. Um. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. Um. You need to stay focused. I, uh. You'll have, You'll have to trust, trust me. me. I, believe I believe in you. Miss Johnson has been found to be an easy target for a crime she was incapable of committing. And it was as if he was entirely gone from his own eyes. I was horrified. I could cry that some- I have my mind full of everything. It will never be- be well again. Can we please talk about anything else? rather than delving into a more serious investigation that might prove fruitless, but at least would not put an innocent woman behind bars. My client has only asked me for one thing, that I believe her. And members of the jury, I have no reason that I should not, and every reason I should. Thank you.
stuck at work. Where are you? I just came in from the garden. I was planting tulips. Will you make it to dinner? I'm trying to. This wouldn't have happened if you hired... That other boy. But he didn't need this like Helen does. She'll be a good secretary. Just give her some time. I know. I know you know. <laughs> of course. Anything you'd like me to bring? Just yourself. I'll get back to it, then. I'll see you soon, Nancy. Drive safely. Should I be worried? No, I'd just like to tell you. <laughs> yes, I know. Nancy, I was thinking back through things today, and there's something I'd like to know. About what? The trial. Tadeusz, I hate to talk about that. I know, I know. It's been almost a year. I know. I just... Well, I was redoing my files, and... Tell me one thing. You know I'd tell you anything you want to know. Did you know when your brother told you who he'd hired on your behalf that we'd be where we are today? Or was it after we sorted out your bail? Or was it... Christmas? I keep looking back at all the dates and notes and tapes, and... When did you know? When did you? I knew... When my mind quieted at the trial and I gave my opening statement. I knew I could win, and I knew once we won, the rest of our lives were ahead of us. That's when... That's when you knew, too? Yes. Because that's the moment you made this the future. Now, for the love of God, finish your work, or we won't be talking tonight at all. Politics or otherwise. <sighs> Nancy Johnson, you're the finest woman I know. I could be so lucky. I'll see you soon, Tadeusz. Be well, Nancy. I am. I truly am. Thank you for listening to this episode of Soundbite. State Yourself for the Court was written by Beck Meck. It features Zachary Henke as Tadeusz Kryoshenko and Natalie Murray as Nancy Johnson. Additional vocals provided by Charlotte Rosenthal. Soundbite's theme song was composed by Charlotte Rosenthal. Soundbite Theater is produced by Mythonomica Productions. See you again soon.